Hello, Eugenie here. Today we speak with Leah Golden. She is a homeopath in Victoria with a passion for offering natural options for great health. She uses both classical and modern homeopathic techniques, along with nutritional and lifestyle advice, and her main aim is to find the best way to help each individual improve their health and stay free from stress and disease. So if you recognize her surname, Golden, you might know that she is the daughter of Dr. Isaac Golden, who is one of Australia's most experienced homeopaths and world authority on homeoprophylaxis. And she has had the opportunity to work alongside him for many years. And homeoprophylaxis is also an area that Leia has continued to specialize in. So I have to apologize for the episode cutting out right at the very end. So we had a terrible internet connection and luckily was able to edit out most of the lags in the connection. Uh, So it makes for easier listening. We cover some controversial topics in this episode and I just want to make it very clear that we are absolutely pro-choice on all fronts and support our clients in whatever their health decisions are. So we hope you enjoy this episode. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the Homeopathy Hangout Podcast, where we discuss all things homeopathy from around the world. And now, your host, Eugenie Kruger. Hello, everyone, and a very warm welcome to Homeopathy Hangouts. Today, we are hanging out with homeopath and mum, Leah Golden. Welcome, Leah. Hi, thank you. Thanks so much for uh, having me today. It's a pleasure. So I'd love to hear your story. Um, I think I know how you might have found out about homeopathy, but I think maybe the general public might not. Can you tell us how you got into homeopathy? Yeah, so my story doesn't have one of these sort of amazing, miraculous cure kind of stories, which I love those ones. I just inspire people from totally other lives and and areas of work to um, become a homeopath. So mine was a pretty simple journey there because my dad's a homeopath and um, so I grew up with, you know, I was homeopathically immunized. I used only homeopathic medicines. Oh, no, we used some herbal medicines too. And, of course, I'm sure there was times that we would have used Western medicines if needed. Uh, But it was just uh, second nature to me to always sort of think of medicines being these delicious little white pills. (laughs) But don't worry, there was plenty of cod liver oil straight from the bottle and raw herbs, so I also got the other side of it. Uh, and so I always actually knew I was going to be a homeopath. I knew it from when I was really little. I remember sneaking into my dad's office when he wasn't around and pretending to make up remedies and eating them, of course, all the, all the filials, <laughs> but like pretend. And now I, but now I catch my daughter all the time in here. She actually ate a really crazy remedy the other day and I was like, oh, it's going to happen. But yeah, so I always had this sort of feeling I was going to do it. But of course, you know, you, you go through primary school and high school and you kind of get to the end. And I remember dad, he was working at the, which was it? The Australian College of Natural Medicine. And when I got, when I went to finish, you know, got to year 12, he goes, look, choose any course and I'll, I'll help you pay for it. Oh, maybe he said I'll pay for it. I can't remember. <laughs> and um, he, I'm sure he was holding like the homeopathy sort of degree with his finger. But I was like, what's the shortest course? I was like, oh, massage, I'll take that. (laughs) And he was like, oh, okay. So I did massage and I absolutely loved it. Went back to do a, uh, what is it, diploma of remedial massage. And I have been massaging now for 20, all up for 20 something years, 20 20 years maybe. And, um, but at about 20 26 or 24, 25, I thought, oh, no, I really just need to do homeopathy now. But it was such an – I I realized there's so much 
emotional work that is needed in homeopathy. So you need to have, for me, I felt I needed to have this level of kind of maturity and I wanted to party a little bit. (laughs) So I was like, I want to have fun, you know, be a bit crazy. (laughs) And so, and I felt like I couldn't do that if I had to be serious like my dad, if that's what a homeopath takes. So it wasn't until I think I started my degree at about 26. So, and I actually was being a little bit rebellious and I was like, no, I'm actually going to do naturopathy because, you know, that's so much cooler. And uh, I'm sure my stepmom at the time, Anita, would have loved that because she's an amazing naturopath. Um, and so I started my first year of uni at, in the naturopathic degree and uh, it just went right over my head. I was like, what are these herbs? And like, what's all these supplements? So by the second year, I went straight into homeopathy and it just was so simple and so easy. It made so much sense. Um, whereas some of the naturopathic students, cause we, we overlap in a lot of our courses. They were like, what is this stuff? It just doesn't even make sense to me. Whereas I found, you know, talking about vital force and, and law of similars and law of minimum dose. It just was like, oh yeah, of course. That's just like makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. And, um, I just loved getting to know the remedies, uh, through, you know, uh, on this sort of different levels, obviously there's a physical generals and learning about the sort of toxicity side and the physical side, like the disease element. But when I got to learn about the mental emotional picture, oh, it's just like, I love it. I can't get enough of it. I still at night read about the mental emotional pictures and stuff of these different remedies. Mm-hmm. So yes. And now I've been practicing homeopathy I guess I ran dad's clinic. I said, I guess all up for 10 years while I was studying. And then when we came out of clinic, but in the last two years, I ventured off because I had, I had two little babies and, um, hoping to add one more to the mix eventually. (laughs) Um, and so, yeah. And so I moved to, uh, my sort of only five minutes from my house. And as you know, when you have small children, five minute drive compared to a 25 minute drive is a long time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So now, yeah. So dad and I, we still obviously work together Mm -hmm. all the time and always in contact, but, um, yeah, it's been interesting. I've learned a lot. I have, uh, we're now working with a new colleague who was locuming for me when I had my second baby, Kate Lambrick, who's absolutely amazing. So I've learned a lot from her. She worked in India for a long time. So all of a sudden my mind was blown with all these new, ways of doing things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I very, I'm still very classical. And I would say that I pretty much after 10 years of watching dad practice, I think I practice pretty much the same, oh, Interesting. <laughs> but I'm starting to expand it a little mm-hmm. bit. And of course I've been blessed, you know, dad is the world authority on homeoprophylaxis or, or homeopathic immunization. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's something I've, you know, naturally just fallen into and, I absolutely love it. You know, when you have vaccine damage cases come in and to be able to watch children, you know, turn around after one or two doses mm. of the right remedy, uh, it is phenomenal. And, um, yeah, so my, my homeopathic journey has changed a lot, and especially since I've had children. Well, you know, now I do things very different and I'm like, what was I thinking five years ago saying that to the mum to do this remedy and that remedy and this remedy? Now I'm like, no, just whack them in a bottle, off you go. Well, actually, that was <laughs> going to be my next question. I'm glad you, you started off led into that, is how mm-hmm. has becoming a mum changed how you practice? And, um, yeah, tell us a little bit about yes. that. I've become a lot more practical <laughs> and I now understand the true sense of needing um, – 
to be able to administer things really simply. Like you need to have very yummy tasting products. You need to teach people how to hide those products, those supplements. Homeopathics, we're fine because they're pillules, the children. It's more about where to, how high to hide the products yes. <laughs> because the children will try to eat them. But uh, certainly it's, it's just giving me this um, understanding of, you know, the reality of parenting and being really sleep deprived and needing to explain things very simply and always writing down notes in very simple terms because you're so busy and children are screaming and crying and unwell and you're thinking, oh gosh, what did she say? And oh, what was that remedy? And so, yes, I, I definitely get it. So that's been one part is I've certainly uh, just simplified things mm. because that's where I'm at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> things need to be explained to me <laughs> when I haven't slept for a couple of nights because I've got a sick kitty mm-hmm. and, you know, I don't use, um, I don't, I've never had to use mm-hmm. Panadol, so my children have to suck it up yeah. a little bit. Uh, obviously, the homeopathics are great. They do help, but they probably feel they're, they're uh, teething mm-hmm. a little more than some other children mm-hmm. may. So, yeah, so I think that definitely is – and then I've been able to test so many great things on my kids. <laughs> Hopefully they won't see this in the future and be like, what? Uh, but I've been able to trial a lot of things that I'd never thought I would knew. And that has led me into the world of blending. So when I say blending, I mean mixing or making, say, complexes. Mm. So complexes is when you mix. A simplex is just one remedy. We always hope it's the similimum, the you know holy grail of homeopathics. But complexes is when you're mixing two or three or four or five, even seven, that sounds like a lot, but even seven um, remedies into the one bottle. Uh, So normally when I'm doing that, I'll do it in liquids. But I never, you know, I was trained, it's very classically trained. So, you know, about that very Hunnamanian way of, of, you know, using a lot of polycrest and and, um, really using that simplex one at a time. And my dad still very much is this way. And uh, a lot of homeopaths, I still am in in some, certainly in chronic cases Mm -hmm. I am. But now since I've had kitties and I've had one had um, hand, foot and mouth, I've had Mm -hmm. my little one got croup the other day. Um, and oh yeah, I am throwing remedies in that bottle and they're working. So that's really blown my classical mind a little bit because I was really in that line of try to always get that one remedy. But when you've got a kitty and you're in the bathroom with the steam on (laughs) at two in the morning and they're not breathing well, Mm. I, the other day, you know, my son came up with a bit of croup. Now I had croup growing up and I have to say, Dad just gave me Aconite 200 and it worked. It really, mm-hmm. he didn't use a complex. <laughs> but for me, when it was my child, I just shit myself. And I said, ah, I put Aconite 200, Hepsolve 200, Spongia and Penicillin 6X. Mm-hmm. And I whacked them all in a bottle, gave it a really good succuss. And I was giving that to my son every five minutes. And I, I wasn't mm-hmm. counting. I was pulling up a dropper and squirting that in mm-hmm. and I actually, I think within by the second dose, his breathing calmed right down. He was no longer having that strider or that, that trouble breathing. Mm-hmm. And by the third dose, he had fallen asleep in my arms. And it was just, now I am the blend queen. I have a blend for everything. <laughs> and I Amazing. absolutely love it. So I still will always sell a kit like with, with your mm-hmm. normal remedies. But now I put a little empty bottle in with my kits 
um, or just with any clients, even without a kit, but I put an empty bottle. I say, take this empty bottle because when my clients mm-hmm. text me at like strange times, text me, mm-hmm. that's all. I say, don't bother yeah. calling. You'll never yeah. get a call, call back. But when they text me to say, ah, I've got one, two, three, now I can actually say use one, two, three, blend it all up. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I am I am loving this year has been my year of blends. <laughs> I love it. And I think that's why, a lot of fun. why us homeopaths can be such a wacky bunch because we all prescribe so differently. And um, I do oh. think that part of the success is like having that um, connection with a homeopath. But also um, I feel like homeopathy is endless. It feels like there's so many different ways of prescribing. Ooh. There's 8,000 different remedies. You know, like I don't, I don't oh. feel we can ever box ourselves. Oh. Like we have to stay open-minded and try different things and at the end of the day if the blends are working it's working your child had croup now he doesn't oh, the proof yes. is in the pudding you know and whether that's a single remedy or a blend your child is happy and healthy and that's all that matters what sort of other blends have you found really useful so I've got so my main blends that I've got <laughs> now I've got a little book of blends I made the girls that I have two beautiful receptionists Amanda and Casey who are doing all my typing and making things look pretty and nice while I'm throwing them scribbled bits of paper and they so I've got the persistent cough blend so this one's Mm. been quite interesting year so uh you know I will say I I work with a lot of mums preventatively so I have a lot of mums that I treat here and there but they really it's more about homeopathy like all natural medicine we always are about preventative health first and then cure after Mm. uh and so I usually don't have these kind of coughs that hold on so long so obviously I live in Melbourne very cold very wet a lot of respiratory stuff in winter and uh, I usually only need a couple of you know remedies here and there a bit of drosera maybe Uh, some hepsulf is always a big one Mm. down here but this particular one that came up and it wasn't it was actually before winter this year that it came up it was just, uh, no, it was coming back. It was just that constant, you know, dry cough that would go for, for weeks. It even it went into months. You would think it's like a whooping cough, but it, it wasn't. A few few patients got their kitties tested. It wasn't whooping cough. Mm. It just, and it wasn't COVID, don't mm-hmm. worry. <laughs> I, I, I had seen a few COVID cases, but they certainly weren't that full on actually. Mm. Um, but yes, it just hung around, and so I made this great blend. I almost, I almost like hate saying what's in it because there's so much in yep. it. I feel like, oh, I'm so embarrassed. But I will say, uh, and I do tailor them a mm-hmm. little bit. I do tailor them. Dad, Dad always picks on me. He's very classically <laughs> trained. He was calling me a Frenchie the other day, a French homeopath, because they love their complexes, mm-hmm. and they. I, but I, I'm not the like the French. I do not use low potencies. I love mm. high potencies. Mm-hmm. I am not scared to use 200s, 1Ms, like I will, for acutes, I don't mind. Maybe I'll just say what's in this one. So I put in Hepsolf, Aconite, Pulsatilla, Penicillin 6X, and then I actually put in Basilinum in a 1M. So Basilinum is a very, uh, it's a great remedy, very deep acting type remedy. It's a no-so, so a remedy made from diseases. And it is one that has been used for uh, sort of that chronic cough when it's sort of really holding in there. So that was a really good blend. And of course, I've been adding in uh, my favorite remedy, which is actually a homeopathic uh, remedy called um, Nodacel. And it's a homeopathic potency of penicillin in a 6X. And I have been adding this to a few blends actually, because 
I've just been needing it this year. So, yes, the persistent cough blend has definitely been a hit. Okay. I was just going to say that um, this winter has been, and as you said, almost before winter, I mean, we've had the wettest July in Perth that we've had in 20-odd years, but I do think there are more factors to this Ooh. cough that's just been going on. Yes, um, Clients of mine who have kids who are so healthy and never have issues with coughs have actually really struggled this past three or four months with coughs that are just not going away and loads of weird symptoms. Sorry, I don't have any other better way to describe it, but weird symptoms. People who just don't normally get sick are getting all sorts of weird things happen to them. And I'd I'd love to have a chat with you about that and your thoughts about why that might be. Oh, yes. (laughs) I feel like we're all thinking a similar thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So yes, I I would happily, you know, it's good to talk about hot topics. We all Mm -hmm. love having great blends and and uh, knowing all these great tips and things. And I'd happily share, you know, different blends that I've had success with, with anyone if they ever wanted to know. Uh, but yes, this last few months, hey, it's been a bit of a strange time. Uh, the amount of symptoms that we're seeing from menstrual stuff, which has just been through the roof, to kids stuff as well, these coughs, like you said, exactly the same down here. And it's all been in this kind of group time. I think the stress of lockdowns and and just COVID in general and and politics has really affected children collectively. You know, they're they're a lot more dynamic. Their their vital forces are a lot stronger. It's not as suppressed as adults, you know. They haven't had Mm. years of suppression through different different means. And so I think they're picking up, getting a lot more children having night terrors and stuff. Um, so I think there is that collective side, but I will have to tread lightly on this topic because it is one that um, we have to be careful about not ever trying to sway someone's decision making when it comes to vaccination, homeopathic immunization. You know, I'm very pro-choice, you know, with everything, but being, you know, working with dad for so long and, and specializing in immunization for so long i also do pre and post vaccination and um, vaccination support so for for little children uh particularly for this this current vaccine that's out we're doing some great protocols for people who are getting the vaccine but wanting support Mm -hmm. but alongside that one of the biggest things i'm seeing in the clinic is this spike protein transmission now i will say um a lot of people are saying this this is doesn't happen. A lot of people are saying it is. We're not meant to use the term shedding truly because shedding is a term coined for live virus vaccines that shed. And that is very common knowledge. No one will deny that anything Mm -hmm. with a live virus can shed. Well, even when you're sick, you shed. So the body needs to clear viral matter or or bacterial matter. It comes out of your breath. It comes out of your pores, um, you know, through your elimination channels. So there's no denying that there is this element of of yes, yeah, saliva are this element of shedding, although you hope you're not getting too many other people's saliva. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> there's this element of shedding. Um, with with this with this vaccine, uh, what we've noticed, we all know it's a different new technology that, that well, it's not that new, but it's new to humans, this technology. And there is this element of what we're calling transmission. And we do know that this technology now uses this sort of spike protein technology and it seems to be that it's this spike protein that is transmitting from recently vaccinated people to uh, all people not just non-vaccinated but also vaccinated people just transmitting to the world Mm. Uh, and I would say Mm -hmm. it's a it's a tricky one to be able to tell 
if it's something that happens for a day, for a week, for two weeks. The one thing I am saying is regardless of when someone had a vaccine, if they're still a bit unwell and it's very normal to become a bit unsettled, we see it in children after a vaccine, you know, uh, but mm. certainly this vaccine, some people, like all vaccines, like the flu vaccine, some people can be reactive to it. Um, so if someone is still unwell a few weeks later, so I mean still tired, still got a numb arm, still feeling a bit, you know, fatigued or a bit nauseous, you have to assume their body is actually still producing that spike protein and having that uh, immune response. Therefore, they would still be transmitting it and the body would still be trying to eliminate it, uh, the excess of the toxins. toxins. So, yes, unfortunately, I had a very <laughs> unusual and I hope none of my clients are listening because I love you. <laughs> I'll continue to massage you, but I'm still doing a little bit of massage. And uh, I, about three, four months ago, when, when the AstraZeneca first came out, I had two clients in one day that um, had both had a massage, that I both massaged and they'd recently had the vaccine. And so I massaged them and very Shortly after, I had a very intense flooding and women, mums, we all know what this is, feels like. I had a very intense, heavy period. It was about a week early and I get a lot of acupuncture. We have an amazing acupuncturist at our clinic, so I get a lot of acupuncture. My periods are very regular. Uh, when you do acupuncture, you have very regular periods. Uh, it happened within sort of a day or two of, of these two massages of clients who were still quite unwell. So they were still very tired and very unwell from the AstraZeneca vaccine. And within two days, I had the most intense cramping pain, so bad that I thought I was having an eptopic pregnancy. And I went to the doctors. Now, I don't go to doctors very often um, because I'm a homeopath and everyone I know is something and gives me, throws herbs and things at me. But this was so intense that I actually thought I was having an eptopic pregnancy. Went there, they said everything was fine. So here I am, kind of in denial because I'd, I'd already heard this overseas and in other countries which had had the rollout earlier about women having miscarriages and having really bad, you know, women in menopause getting their periods back. <laughs> and I, look, I, there is still this science within me that I like to see it, um, to believe it. And, um, and I thought also, surely I'm not that sensitive. You know, I'm very robust. I've got a good vital force. But sensitivity doesn't always mean you're not going to get something. In fact, a good, strong vital force means you're probably going to be react to it quicker than someone who's got a more suppressed vital force. Um, not trying to show off about my vital force, of course. <laughs> um, so I had a really intense reaction and I, for about four or five days, constant cramping, went to the doctors. I said, no, there's nothing wrong. I was always like, oh, damn, I wasn't pregnant. You know, when you're trying for a mm. baby, you're like every day, you're like, I better be pregnant. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Uh, finally called up my dad and like, no one wants to tell their dad about their <laughs> menstrual cycle. Um, but I was like, dad, is this real? Is this spike protein transmission? Is this real? Like, could people have such a strong reaction? Told him about my response. And he said, yes. And I was like, oh shit, I should have asked you like a week ago. Um, but I was trying CPR. I was trying all these different ones to help with the cramping and the pain. Nothing was working. Finally, he told me about the Boothus Australia. So a homeopathic potency of scorpion. So I think it is derived from the toxins, if I'm correct. Mm -hmm. And, of course, we know with homeopathy so many of our best remedies are made from poisons and heavy metals and, and diseases. Some of our strongest mm -hmm. remedies come from mm -hmm. very unusual sources. 
And so I took a dose. So I drove up because dad doesn't live far from me, drove up to his house and took a dose. And within 10 minutes, 10 minutes, the pain subsided. And I didn't need a dose for the rest of that day. And then I had another dose the next day. And within um, a little while, it was all clear. And I just Mm -hmm. couldn't believe it. Within two days, everything was back to normal. Now, unfortunately, um, I continue to massage a little bit and I was taking the Boothus after and there's another remedy that I was taking preventative, uh, sort of virus uh, immunization of sorts. So what we call a, uh, a homeoprophylaxis remedy or a homeopathic immunization to help sort of just boost my vital force to uh, viruses, you know, and in particular mm-hmm. one that would almost have that similar symptom picture to what the spike protein does. So I was taking that preventatively, lots of supplements, mm-hmm. but I was still massaging a couple of people here and there that had, had just had the jab because I, I didn't want to discriminate against my clients. Uh, unfortunately, it meant that my cycle was has been irregular mm-hmm. for the last so almost four months um, because of that, I believe, because this cycle, we've been in lockdown for over a month, so I haven't massaged in a month, and it was the first time my cycle was regular. So as much as I, mm-hmm. you know, don't want people who are getting the vaccine to feel like, oh, God, now I'm going to, you know, sh- you know, spike protein everyone. It is a really, it is a real part of it, and you do have to be very conscious of it. Um, mm-hmm. The same way, if someone mm-hmm. with any vaccine, not just this vaccine, any vaccine, if they've just been vaccinated and had viruses and bacteria introduced to their body, you just need to treat them like they're they're sick. Whether you acquire a virus from a natural source or from a vaccination, it doesn't matter. However, that virus got into your body, always treat someone like they're sick and just give a little bit of distance for a while. So yes, the one thing I have to say though, and the great thing with homeopathy that I love is this remedy is very kind of, this remedy, the Boothus Australis is very specific for spike protein reaction. So whether from getting the vaccination or from being uh, exposed. Now, if it wasn't, if my cycle, if this disruption in my cycle, if that, if it wasn't from the spike proteins, that remedy would not have worked. So I know very easily mm-hmm. that it actually was because that remedy worked instantly. Um, so, yes, it is, a very, it, it is very real and we do have to be mm-hmm. cautious and conscious of it if we're either getting vaccinated or if we're not or if we've got young children in the house. And there's lots of great things we can do to help protect people at this time as well. Mm-hmm. I am so glad that you spoke about this and you're so brave to say this because, um, you know, more people really need to speak up about what's happening. I felt a little bit vulnerable. It's actually in my podcast with your dad just last week that um, he said about what he's seeing in his clinic Ooh. with all this unusual menstrual cycles. And then I said to him, well, you won't believe this. Actually, just the day or two before this interview, um, I had my first irregular bleed in my life ever. And I've had menstrual cycles for 30 years. They're normal. I've never had had any issues and then I have had some clients in the clinic who have recently had the vaccine and my period was 11 days early and it was I mean I'm not going to get graphic on the podcast obviously because it's a very personal thing but it went on for much longer than usual the (laughs) the flow the color the consistency I have never had in 30 years of having my period so 
and I was shocked mm. just like you because I have a very strong vital force. I'm not somebody that gets sick easily. I'm not affected by things easily. Um, I can, you know, have, I don't mm-hmm. get tired easily. I can go, go, go. I am just one of those people that is just like a workhorse and I can keep going and I don't get sick. So I always like to think I don't easily get affected by things mm. around me. So I was in denial, number one, when this happened because I had been hearing about these irregular periods mm-hmm. um, that's happening from the spike protein transmission. But I was like, this is, isn't going to happen to me. I've got a strong constitution. And when it happened, I was trying to, I was trying to find every other excuse yep. yeah, for why it wouldn't be that, thinking maybe it's this, maybe going it's to that. Shock but the reality it. was uh, it mm. was definitely a transmission symptoms. The other thing that I've seen a lot of is spontaneous nosebleeds. And I had one of my clients just the other day, she had um, – had nosebleeds the entire weekend and I said to her have you ever had this before and she said no I've never had nosebleeds and I said have you been around somebody who has recently had the COVID vaccine she said yes I went away for the weekend with my parents who have both just had the vaccine so how do you how do you not put two and two together I mean you have to be completely blind not to start asking questions about what is going on and what you were saying about the vaccines, Leia, like rotavirus is actually a classic example. It's even in the medical literature. For two weeks after a child has had the rotavirus vaccine, because it is a live virus vaccine, it sheds. You have to be super careful. You have to really wash your hands after you've changed their diapers. You have to be really careful that they don't share toys with other kids because mm-hmm. it is a live virus vaccine. So you can make other people very sick if, if the child has recently been vaccinated. So for the two weeks after the rotavirus vaccine, you do have to be very careful with, you know, when you're handling this child and um, with saliva and feces and things like that. So it's not so far-fetched to think that what we're seeing Mm. at the moment is transmission of this vaccine. Of course, of course. And you're so spot on actually with that, to to mention that. It makes me, just made me start thinking, no wonder there's always so much gastro in daycares because, you know, people are not always thinking like that or not aware of that. They're, the doctors don't tell you that. You know, my girlfriend's undergoing a chemo treatment and they've told her, you know, make sure that you don't go near anyone for two weeks who's just had the flu shot. So that's what her doctors, her oncologists say as part of the chemo, you know, stay away, don't have any carers who have just had the flu shot. So it, it is no secret that this this occurs. It's a shame that the doctors don't tell people that because the rotavirus is given so young now uh, and and twice, mm. it would be probably really helpful for the, the parents to go, okay, we better just make sure we, you know, wash our hands <laughs> and stop the transmission. But no, so it is, Absolutely. yes, it's funny, isn't it, having that exact, our experience is like exactly the same. I'm like, oh, they're like homies. <laughs> and when you, and we, we are, and once you start hearing these stories over and over again, you might hear it once or twice and think, oh, oh that's yes. strange. But then you hear it over and over and over again. Mm. And we have to start asking questions because what's oh, happening yeah. is very strange. And especially when the remedies mm. that are working, we actually, it's funny you said that about the nosebleed, we we had a little 18-month-old uh, who who had a no woke up with a nosebleed, and I think her mother had just had the jab. She's a nurse and was uh, breastfeeding, and she had a nosebleed. And I mm-hmm. had a very close to home experience with with a nosebleed not long ago with um, one of my children. So yes, it, you can't deny it. There's no you don't need to. It's not saying. Um, you know, don't get vaccinated, or you know, you have to stay completely away from anyone. No, we, we can't because everyone. That. Everyone we know is getting vaccinated now. It's about going, okay, let's mm-hmm. just, uh, let's be real. The entire, nearly the entire population of the earth is getting vaccinated right now. So let's just be conscious to give us that extra protection. So 
the, um, mm-hmm. you know, the vir- there are some homeopathics for it, you know, and that Boothus remedy is absolutely amazing. So I've had, you know, a lot of people coming into clinic now who have having very similar symptoms, you know, headaches, blurred vision, a lot of tinnitus, a lot of babies spiking high fevers, fevers coming out of nowhere, mm-hmm. just things that are very uncommon to people. And that Boothus remedy in either 30 or 200 has been absolutely working brilliantly. I've just seen, you know, I had a pregnant woman, we had her coming into the clinic with cramping after her uh, sh- her jab and she was very concerned and with probably within 15 minutes we gave her a clinic dose or just a dose in clinic uh, and mm. she said it just calmed it right down. So you can imagine the relief mm. from a mum. So we do have a great protocol that we have been using and I'm sure you might be using something similar but I'm um, mm. just using dads because <laughs> it's just what I tend to do. <laughs> well, he's got probably a couple of decades more experience than you, so it's worth listening to him. <laughs> I'm like, he's done all the hard work. I'll just sort of ride on that. So we have a remedy that we get people to take mm-hmm. once a week, which is a complex with a good remedy to help just mm-hmm. boost your immune system against um, virals, viral matter, let's say. And then we give also have that with the boothers now i will say though one thing i've said we also have some great remedies for people getting the jab so we where we give potencies of the vaccine so that's a really great way to help the body to help eliminate and clear through these vaccines so the toxins that might be there so it's not stopping the body from hopefully producing antibodies which is the vaccine's aim Mm -hmm. it just helps the body to work through and detoxify out the drug so the stuff within the drug that's resonating at a more toxic or negative level and so we give potencies of it and we start and we also of course give a potency arnica 1m which we know arnica is an amazing hemorrhagic remedy and it's really good uh, to help prevent against blood clotting so we have uh, you know some protocols most homeopaths uh, have got very similar protocols and it is working beautifully. I, I have to say we've got a lot of people who are on these protocols while they're getting their, their COVID vaccinations and they've all done really well. But I will say it doesn't stop them transmitting mm-hmm. those spike proteins. And mm-hmm. we've had a few people who they've done really well, but their partner or their baby has felt you know a little bit rubbish. And so that's why mm-hmm. we have now started to give, make sure that anyone else within the house is taking the preventative remedies and has that Boothus remedy or other treatment remedies, but particularly that Boothus remedy. It's an amazing remedy. And there's something mm-hmm. beautiful about the fact it's a scorpion toxin for a spike protein. I'm like, come on, homeopathy, stop being so cool. Uh, so that is, yeah, so it's it's worth just saying this is real, this is happening, mm-hmm. let's just mm-hmm. cover everyone. Let's cover the people getting vaccinated and help them work through that beautifully and let's mm-hmm. cover people not getting vaccinated. And even after people have had both jabs, I'm finding that when their work colleagues or they're getting overexposed to someone who's recently been vaccinated, it's flaring up these spike proteins again and they're having these symptoms. So even though I say, even if you're vaccinated, I'm still recommending people take that uh, homeopathic immunization or that, you know, that protection remedy 
to help them after but they've had both jabs. Absolutely. So I actually uh, saw in the New Zealand Herald yesterday or the day before there is a lady who has uh, just had two doses of the vaccine and she ended up dying of COVID. So, you know, even if you've had the vaccine, it's definitely worth seeing a homeopath to have a consultation to just have all that support on all levels. And, um, you know, VAERS, the the Vaccine Adverse Events Reaction System in the United (laughs) States, they have just had a case logged um, a month or so ago of a five-month-old baby who died. It was a breastfed baby, died two days after the mum received her vaccines and the baby died of ITP. So that is a blood clotting disorder um, that the baby died of two days after the mum had the vaccine um, and it was a fully breastfed baby. So, you know, it, it is actually very real because these spike proteins are transmitting. And I think it's going to take several years for us to be able to, you know, analyze all these cases and and find out a bit more about the vaccine. It is still er- experimental. So it's going to be still a few years before we really get to find out the full extent of all of this. So in the meantime... You know, I'm so glad that you've mentioned about remedies that can help people because the reality is you can say, you know, walk off the job if they're forcing you to get a vaccine all you want. But if that person still has a mortgage to pay, that person still has children to feed. It's just not a a reality for a lot of people. They can't just say, no, I'm just going to walk off the job. You know, they still have to put food on the table. So a lot of people are getting the vaccine against their wishes. Mm. But if you go to a homeopath, you know, at least a month beforehand, I would say, so the homeopath can prepare your body for what's about to happen. Um, you know, it's you're going to get a better result at the end yeah. of the day. Yeah, and we do. this is with all vaccines. Like I've been doing, well, since the legislation changed, actually that, that was a big turning point in my homeopathic career. That was pre-children. <laughs> um, but I... Uh, you know, for many years we just provided homeopathic immunization. And I never really thought about pre and post vaccination Mm. because no one really ever came to me for it. It was just very much, you know, I don't, I would prefer not to vaccinate at this stage. So can we have something else? And and homeopathic immunization is a wonderful option. And so for parents who choose not to vaccinate. (laughs) Uh, And so that's always what what I sort Mm. of grew up doing as a homeopath. And then all of a sudden, uh, particularly in Melbourne, they changed the legislation very quickly to no jab, no pay. Uh, and then eventually they changed it to no jab, no play. And that was that must have been maybe six, seven years ago, was it? Maybe six years ago, I can't remember now. And all of a sudden our clinic mm-hmm. went from pre, you know, homeopathic immunisation and then we did a lot of vaccine damage work or work helping children whose parents believed that they'd had some kind of injury or they've never been well since the vaccination. Uh, and, you know, I never, if a parent comes to me telling me that's what they saw, I believe them. I would never doubt a parent because we spend a lot of time of with course. our children. <laughs> we know them pretty well. And so I uh, all of a sudden was in this world of vaccine support. And so we came up with a, a, natu- a very simple naturopathic program. So naturopaths have been doing this for a long time. And I'm sure homeopaths have either. We, I had just never done it before. And so now I have, a, I would say it's almost 50-50. My client base, uh, my mamas and dads who come in with children, a bit concerned about the vaccinations, uh, who still want to vaccinate, but just want to do it in the safest way possible. And some who don't want to do it, but just have to because they, they need to for financial reasons or, uh, you know, as, as you're saying, for different reasons. And so we do really good work. And, and we, I love to do this 
pre and post supplementary support, but we also give potencies of the vaccine to take afterwards. And even in little six-week-old babies, I do this with, and they work beautifully. Of course, I do split the vaccine, so not split them up into Mm -hmm. tiny little ones, but I mean, I won't, I do always try to recommend to do uh, don't do too many on one day. So I wouldn't be doing Prevnar and rotavirus and infrahexal all on one day. I do, for me, it's much easier mm. if, if parents are happy to do sort of infrahexal on one day and then maybe a couple of months later, then do the rotavirus and then a few months later, the Prevnar, which is your pneumococcal, because then I can see mm. what they possibly are reacting to if they do react. But we can also do this really good support work and, and um, keep their immune systems good um, pre and post. So yeah, there's so much great stuff out there. You don't have to feel like, you know, I, for me, I think if everyone did pre and post vaccination support with their children and, and did hopefully try to split the vaccines up a little bit, so they're still getting the same amount of vaccines but just in a much more gentle schedule, I don't think I would have as many vaccine-damaged clients that I see. So it's a shame that this isn't just something that we could implement. Maybe one day. <laughs> I'll make best friends with one of the uh, <laughs> one of the politicians, hey? Or maybe we'll just vote Dad in. That would be great. The Health Australia Party. That would skip that that issue. Oh, can you imagine a world where your dad's prime minister? <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah, so always always an interesting topic. You could go on and on about um, immunisation topics in general. They're a little taboo, but uh, important that people do speak out. I think a little bit about them and about their experiences. And feel like they've been heard and not feel like they've just been shut down because, you know, it really is, um, it, yeah, it really is people when they're talking about, I'm getting a lot of people who are coming in with, who are having quite adverse reactions to the COVID jab are saying they're going to their doctors and they're going to hospital and getting admitted and they're saying, oh, I've just had the jab, would it be that? And they're saying no to them. So people feel like they're, you know, they're almost gaslighting them, you know, to use that term. But, uh, yeah, it's nice. I think that's why we're getting so busy as homeopaths and natural. Like I, my clinic has never been this busy and I'm sure my colleague would say the same. Mm. Uh, we've never been as busy because uh, people are not getting listened to or believed. Uh, when it, You know, even people who are very much, you know, Western focused and, and very pro-vaccination and want to get their their jab when they're having reactions the doctors are turning them away and so I hope not all doctors are but I have to say a lot of them are ending up at my clinic so uh, I think it's nice for people to be listened and heard. Absolutely and the flip side of that is that there is a not a compensation system in Australia so if you are damaged by a vaccine there's no way like you're not going to get compensation for that so um, it does make things much trickier so there's a no fault policy obviously so if there is a vaccine reaction there's nowhere where you mm. can then go and claim to actually get some money to say if you become yeah. disabled after, after the vaccine and you're not able to go back to your work where are you going to get that income from there's no um, there's no support system there financially to be able to help you so that is very scary yeah Yeah. scary um i'm wondering leia have you got some success stories from the clinic you can share with us oh gosh uh yeah so i can happily say i have many success stories (laughs) uh, which all (laughs) practitioners want to say i've had you know one or two failures no no we've all had a bit of both um (laughs) absolutely yeah my son with the croup that was a total success story for for many reasons but also for the believability of my husband (laughs) so he knew nothing about um he knew absolutely nothing about uh homeopathy when he first met me had no idea what it was 
And so or natural medicine for that, you know, just never really thought about it. And yeah, so when you see your son, when you see a child not breathing properly, the first thing you want to do is call the ambulance and take him to hospital and get your steroid shot. And look, there's nothing wrong with doing that, by the way. He's like, I am a qualified homeopath, so I'm very confident in my medicines. I've seen him work since I was born. Uh, but yes, to see his eyes, how surprised he was to see how quick this remedy <laughs> calmed him down because he had the phone. It was like, do I call them? And I was like, step out of the bathroom. You're actually stressing everybody out. You need to leave. <laughs> but he couldn't believe how quickly it worked. So that was definitely a homegrown success. But I guess one of my favorite cases um, is a beautiful young 14-year-old right now. So this is an ongoing case. Beautiful young 14-year-old who... Um, so there's a lot of mental health issues right now. I'm seeing a lot of teenagers. We've had a lot of suicides down here, which is so heartbreaking. Uh, over the last couple of months, there's been a, a very, very high amount. And some of our clients, it was even their children who had passed away. Um, so it's, yeah, it's becoming a, this is becoming the pandemic down here. It's the sort of silent one that not everyone's seeing. But I had a young girl who was becoming very mentally unwell. Um, and, you know, with lockdowns going, she hadn't been at school for, for months and starting to talk about suicide and, and just really withdrawing. And so her parents, you know, they've tried some medications, wasn't quite working and um, thanking her to a psychologist, which just, you know, she was just getting progressively worse. And so I just said, you know, let's bring her in, let's have a talk. Um, despite the laws, I saw her face to face. <laughs> Sorry, Dan Andrews, had to do that one. Uh, and so because it's important that you have make that connection with your clients, especially young clients, they need to be able to really sit there and feel comfortable and trust you. And I remember her walking in and she had her hair over her face, beautiful young 14-year-old, hair totally over her face, black hair, cool black, like dog collar chain, really like goth. <laughs> I kind of thought, oh, she's so stylish for her age. Um, but really quiet, didn't say a word. You know, I sort of kicked her dad out and said, all right, out you go, dad, let us just have a girl-to-girl -girl chat. By the time she mm -hmm. finished, her hair was flicked back and she was talking and, and you know, really expressive. Mm -hmm. Gave her some really simple remedies. You know, Natmer really fit the case, which we know is a very withdrawn kind of remedy. So Natmer fit the case beautifully. And then I gave her a flower essence blend because I love bush flower essence. I think they're absolutely brilliant. Use them a lot in my clinic. And so I gave her a flower essence blend to be mm -hmm. taking daily and I gave her the Natmer to be taking weekly. And I said, I want you to email me, you know, getting a young person to email. So she actually did. She sent me an email saying she's dreaming, she's feeling better. And then I saw her for a follow-up and she said she's feeling much better. And she had dyed her hair red and she was cut her hair and she was wearing brighter clothes, still really funky and fashionable, but just her whole demeanor looked different. She looked happy. And when I said to her, you know, I kicked her dad out again because I was like, let's just talk, the two of us, girl to girl. And... um she said she just feels happier. She goes, I just feel happier. Now she is still on, on med she's medicated, so she's on antidepressants as well because we don't mess around with suicide. You know, I have, I never tried to take, you know, tell people not to take their medications if they need them. But she actually told me she feels happier and mm -hmm. I bumped into her mum in the supermarket, you know, love country towns, <laughs> small country town, mm -hmm. bumped into her mum in the supermarket and she said, 
oh my God, Leia, she's coming up and hugging me and telling me she loves me. And Mm -hmm. I looked at my husband, I was like, what is happening right now? And she's drawing and she's painting. And the remedy just lifted this dark cloud off her. So even though she was taking the the medication, so, you know, the antidepressants and so on, um, they still weren't making her happy. They still weren't working in a sense. So now together that combination of the homeopathics, the flower, the daily flower essence giving that, you know, beautiful energy and adding that to her vital force, it's really unlocked something. And we know Natma is such an, not a remedy I give to that many children, you know, but she needed that Natma. She was in a very dark place. And she, and yeah, just to hear a little 14 year old say they're so happy and to see the physical transformation from this black hair covering her face to this like cool, short, red, bright red cropped hairdo with her face, gorgeous eyes out there for the world to see. It was so good. It just makes my heart happy. (laughs) Very happy to be a homeopath when you have days like that. Mm. It's wonderful when you get clients come in and they have those physical changes. And when they walk in the clinic, you're like, whoa, you've changed. Yes. <laughs> Tell me what's happened. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I'm wondering, Leia, just before we finish off, what is your top three remedies for you personally? Like what's your three favorites that if you were stuck on a deserted island, they were the only three that you had? <laughs> so I would say my favorite three uh because I have a son who's always hurting himself, Arnica, for some reason, <laughs> I feel like he's living on Arnica. So I'd always say Aconite. Aconite 200 I have a very personal connection with because I suffered a bit of croup growing up. And so I learned how to use, you know, my dad taught me how to use that remedy very early on at, and I would take it to school with me. And every time I couldn't breathe properly or I'd feel myself <gasps> go into that kind of panic, I would take it and it would calm me down, you know. And so that remedy, and even now, it's just such a great mm. um, remedy to have. If I was going to choose one remedy to take with me, it would actually be aconite. Um, and also it's, you know, when people are really emotional, you know, for panic. So, yes, definitely aconite. Um, yeah, I guess Arnica. And then I'd, I'd want to always put in like an immunization for like my health because that is such a great way to mm-hmm just boost your vitality. So the the 2021 VPN remedy, the one we're actually taking now, I think is amazing. It's actually the third, it's the third version of, of this chain of remedies. Um, and I loved the first, it was pretty strong, few weird reactions, but I loved the first. But yeah, I would almost take a remedy with me to help boost my vital force um, through it. But yeah, I'd say aconite, Top, definitely top one. Arnica, I just use a lot of because um, of children falling and, you know, hurting themselves, country kids, you know. <laughs> and uh, yeah, good old fashioned homeopathic immunization to keep me and myself and the family super healthy. Actually, I'd, I'd love to know what your top three are. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, that's very funny because I always ask all the, the you know, ever, all the guests what their top three are and knowing full well that if somebody was to ask me that, I don't know if I could answer it. But I think absolutely uh, Arnica and Aconite and Nux Vomica, I think, would be my three that I couldn't live without. Um, beautiful. No, I'm always interested. Oh, good. So we've got at least a couple on the same yeah. page. <laughs> um, so, Leia, how can people get hold of you and uh, the work that you do? Uh, thank you for asking. Um, so I have a little clinic in Sunbury called Holistic Health Macedon Ranges. Um, now it's funny because it's not in the Macedon Ranges anymore, but it was for many years. So we have our little clinic, Holistic Health, where it's myself and um, Kate Lambrick, who's an amazing colleague, and actually now her husband, Mark Lambrick, has joined 
our homeopathic team. So that's really, we're very lucky. Uh, and then, of course, Dad and I always work sort of together with, with um, clients if we need to and so on. And so I'm there. I do have two websites. So I've got uh, Leia Golden Homeopathy, uh, which is just my own little website, which is just, you know, they're just quite simple. And then, of course, I also have the Holistic Health Macedon Rangers website. So there's a few things there that you might want to have a look at. Uh, with the homeopathic immunization side of things, I, leave, I usually refer people straight to Dad's website because he's got some good articles and things like that i like to you know fly under the radar i always said to dad you know you're almost at the end of your career so you just get out there and i'll just cruise underneath while you're flying high i'll just be like the little birdie underneath in your shadow mm -hmm. so that i can get to 30 plus years of this career <clears throat> so i do refer to his website for any homeopathic immunization stuff which is um Really good. So my email, and you'll be able to get my email from from those websites, the Golden dot com, or the info at you know uh, Holistic Health Mat or whmr.com.au. And so at this stage of the interview, it seems the internet fairies, or I should say internet gremlins, were not playing along anymore and Leia and I got cut off. So we actually had a terrible connection for this interview. Um, it We had a very terrible lag and hopefully you won't pick that up due to the editing but it was very hard for us at uh, several stages to hear each other we got cut out a few times Leia was so patient and uh, she kept redialing back in and we kept on reconnecting but we just could not get our connection back up after this so Leia I just want to say thank you so much for your time we'll link all your info in the show notes and we appreciate all that you're sharing with us in this very tricky time that we're all going through so thanks again